Hi, I'm Aiden. And I'm Don Carlo. And you're listening to Binge Watchers. Where we talk about everything TV. Everything? Everything. Tune in as we discuss a new show every episode. And we'll decide if it's binge watchable. This is Binge Watchers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Binge Watchers. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, I think it is our season finale. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're already here. We're already here. We are indeed. But how does it feel, Aiden, to have <laughs> to be in our season finale you, so early? You know what? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, the season's a little shorter, Um, but mm. it was still an absolute ton of fun. We did a lot of experimenting with the show, um, mm-hmm. like multiple shows per episode. It's just been, just like last season, it's been just an absolute blast. I've had so much fun doing this DQ. And I think we just got better and better at did. it, you know? We We're did. natural at it. We're yeah. seasoned <laughs> podcasters now, DQ. Seasoned podcasters, that is amazing. But right now, we have a lot to talk we about because we have a really great episode. Um, but first, let's get into news. Let's do it. It is our news segment. Um, so today, Aiden and I have one news story to talk about, and Aiden will have a lot of opinions on this I, because he watches the I do, show. I do have a lot of opinions on it. <laughs> do you, you want to introduce what it is? Yes, I will introduce what it is. So recently, um, um, Game of Thrones author George R. R. Martin has inked an overall deal with HBO for Game of Thrones and other big fantasy projects for, I think, uh, five years or something like that. For for many for many years to come, mm-hmm. I should say that for many years to come. And basically, what inking overall deal is, if you're not familiar with like television terms, is when a creator um, signs a deal with a with a network, so HBO, and then all their projects will go to HBO, and they will like produce it and stuff like that. And George R. R. Martin got the big deal. He did. With HBO. He so. Did. Well, how do you feel about that? <laughs> you know what? I'm happy for George, but maybe he should finish mm-hmm. the books. He should finish the books. Where's 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 book six? Did he never finish hey, no. the books? Like how long? How many years has it been? Oh my goodness, that's a good question. It's been so long since book five came out. Like I'm, I'm happy for him, but he's writing. He's writing the new Game of Thrones shows. He's writing a video game called Elden Ring. He's, he's writing a video game. Is. See how much time does this guy have on his I hands? I don't know, but he's <laughs> never finishing the books. I'm, I've lost hope. I don't think he's ever going to finish writing the Game of Thrones <laughs> books. I think he's just moved on. Why is the, Why is he going to the prequels and he finished the original show, but he didn't finish the I books? That's just weird to me. I don't know. I don't... He, like, he's, he's an enigma. I don't know why he doesn't, he doesn't want to finish the books. I really, I think you, I do not know. Like, and he told, he told the showrunners, D&D, told them the ending of Game of Thrones. And I guarantee you people hated the ending so much that he's gone back and he's rewriting the ending of the books. I guarantee that's what's happening. Like, he saw people. Didn't you say that he, he uh, screwed them over? I think he screwed them over. over? I guarantee you he was experimenting. He didn't know how he wanted to end it. So he told D&D what his original quote-unquote original ending was and then it happened people didn't like it and and i guarantee you he saw that i was like well well back to the drawing board i guess it's good it's good that i know that people didn't like the ending before i wrote it so low-key it was george r, r. martin's fault think, because people blame dnd for the longest still to this day yeah i think it's the george Game of ending. i think george screwed over the show because he wanted this because he didn't know how to end i guarantee you, he didn't know how to end it he gave them the ending that he thought was going to be the best. People didn't like the ending, and he went back to the drawing board, and he got a he got an extra life. 
I Isn't that kind yes. of sinister? <laughs> he's like one of those like I don't I'm still watching Game of Thrones, but like he's one of those like masterminds from Game of Thrones trying to like manipulate people. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> he's like he's like author, he's like Littlefinger. Littlefinger? Yeah. <laughs> Except without a brothel, or does he? No, he doesn't. I don't, least, I don't know George that well. He's got the uh, little like bowler caps and overalls. That's kind of his style. But honestly, <laughs> look, I'm happy for him. It's a great deal he's got. He gets to keep on writing. I, I just, I, like the book, I don't know how you could leave a book series like that unfinished. I guarantee you it's not going to get finished. Maybe he's close. Maybe in a week's time, just like... Bro. I heard he's writing something. I think he's still continuing Game of Thrones during quarantine. But like... He has a lot of projects on his hands, so I don't know if he's ever gonna finish. He does! He's loaded on projects! He's got five prequels in the works, he's got a video five game. Five prequels, yeah. I could talk to my dad all day about how pissed he is that he's never finished. He's a- like, my dad's a big <laughs> fan of the books. And he just has wow. not- he, Like, he's like, yeah, George is never gonna finish. He's got too many projects. So, yeah, I'm- I'm happy for him. I'm go- I'm still- uh, I'm still in the process of understanding and trying to get through the, the <laughs> get original- Game of Thrones. Eight season- Eight season Game of Thrones run, which I will, but- are you going to watch the prequels? I would watch the prequels. I don't know how good they're going to okay. be, though, because I don't know if you know this, That's but true. there was a prequel in the works called Blood Moon, and the pilot wow. episode was actually ready. Someone's a fan. We love a fan. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the pilot episode with the big cast was ready to show, and they showed the pilot episode of Blood Moon, the Game of Thrones prequel, to HBO, and they said no. They didn't like it, and the show got canceled. Wow. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know how good these prequels are going to be. I hope but, they're good, but... Now they're confident if they have five. Mm-hmm. Good for George. Just go finish the books, please. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know. All right. But that is that wraps up our news segment. Yeah, Yay. Heated news segment. But now we are going to talk about two shows that we just, Aiden and I just love. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely love. The theme for this episode is miniseries. Yay, miniseries. If you don't know what a miniseries is, it's basically like it's a series that is only one season, only exists for one season, and only a certain number of episodes. And the two shows that we are going to talk about is The Queen's Gambit from Netflix, which a lot of people, a lot of you may have heard about, but the other one you might not have heard of because it's more recent than The Queen's Gambit, and it's, I think it's severely underrated, even though it got critical commercial success, or at least in Britain, and it's an Amazon Prime series called It's a Sin, and I'm so... God. I don't know if I'm mentally prepared or emotionally prepared to talk <laughs> about these shows. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, both shows yeah. are fantastic. I think we'll go into Queen's Gambit first. Yes, we are going into Queen's Gambit first. So Aiden, why don't you tell us what the Queen's Gambit is about? Absolutely. So in Queen's Gambit, it's about it's based on previous literature or previous the happenings. Yeah, <laughs> previous literature. Um, yeah, okay, previous literature. But in this show, this woman Beth Harmon has a very tragic backstory, but she's this chess prodigy. And so she goes from living in this orphanage to becoming a world-class chess champion. And the, and the show is just her journey, becoming a chess champion. And she's played by uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. I believe she mm-hmm. won an award for her role as Beth Harmon. She did in the Golden Globes, yeah. which we talked about in our last episode. Yeah. So she, at the, one of the good things about the Golden Globes was that she won, and Queen's Gambit won Best Limited Series. Yes, it so very well deserved. absolutely deserves it. It's, yeah, uh, deserved it. Yeah. I honestly, we've got two absolute gem shows right here just queen's gambit yes. and it's a sin oh, are just fantastic God. queen's gambit um dq told me about it told me it's like we should totally do a show on this this an episode on this show queen's gambit i'm like oh what's queen's gambit it's mm-hmm. like it's this limited series with anya taylor joy aiden go watch and it. it's trending it is yeah and yeah. honestly i could not i could not put it down dq like every single character it's so was addicting. fantastic it's so yeah. entertaining 
Um, it, it we have a note here. We make we have notes, and you put mm. down it makes chess fun. I have never had so much fun watching a chess match. It's so it's such a yeah, it's so entertaining. Like, and then all the characters are great. The pacing is fantastic. I honestly, I have no bad things to say about Queen's Gambit. What yeah, about yeah. What I love about the Queen's Gambit is that it's a show that just like sort of came out of nowhere. Like even me, I knew about it before you, Aiden, but I didn't even I didn't hear about it before it actually came out. I only heard about it because it started getting so much buzz, and the only like big name that was on it was Anya Taylor Joy, and she's still like up and coming. She was in like you know the movie Split, yeah, with like James McAvoy, mm-hmm. yeah, great movie. Yeah, she was also and, in um, New Mutants that just came out. Yeah, New Mutants. I heard I didn't watch that. I heard that. I didn't hear. Yeah, I didn't hear two good things about it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, she's an up and coming star, and this show did not gain much anticipation before. Uh, it got released, but then when it got released, it dominated. Like I think it reached like 63 million households, which uh, is now surpassed by Bridgerton. But as before Bridgerton came out, Queen's Gambit was like the number one most watched original show yeah. on Netflix. It beat out The Witcher. Yeah, Witcher originally. It held beat out The Witcher. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and The Witcher had like a previous video game. It's like, and it's like chess. Like why was why is chess yeah. the one that's like being? <laughs> yeah, I will say yeah. DQ. Queen's Gambit took the world by storm. It really did. Like it, it just really did. Came out of it nowhere, did. and it just blew everyone away. But what's so good about the show is that it's so well made. Like the way that it's shot in like this period piece setting. I think it's like what like what's the time period? It's, it's set in. Ooh, good question. Time period of Queen's Gambit. It's, I think it's set in the. In the mid '90s, not the '50s, but I believe the '60s and '70s or... is when it's set. Yeah, yeah, like around that time, and um, it just got everything right, like the costumes down. I love historical pieces that are within that era, like '60s, '70s, '80s, and it just like nailed it. And I love the main character, Beth Harmon. She's a char- She's a protagonist that it will go down as one of the best protagonists in a Netflix original because she is so captivating to watch. And what I love is that she is a woman that makes you feel empowered because she's a woman, a minority, that uh, is trying to compete in a very male-dominated uh, like game, male-dominated game. Like you never hear about female chess players. That's like something that I don't, you don't really hear about. But this one puts it at the forefront, and it's so, it's so fun to watch. It's so fun to watch her beat these old white men. It's yeah. like, so much fun. You know what, DQ? Yeah. You made two really good points there. Like. Mm-hmm. Chess back then was a very male-dominated sport, and Beth just—it's—and Beth really is the underdog here. Like a lot of these people, like have big standings, big agents, lots of fame. Beth is the underdog in the entire show. She's the underdog. I love underdog shows, but it does it in such a underdog stories. I feel it can be sometimes cliche, like oh, a sports team, are they gonna win? But this is a win? great underdog story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, great underdog. Story. And you said one. And other, like, oh, sorry, go. Yeah. No, I would just say it does it in a more, like, less cliche, unexpected, subversive way, mm-hmm. where it's like, uh, oh, Beth isn't just a chess player, that's not her whole identity. Mm-hmm. She also deals with a lot of stuff, like, she deals with a uh, tragic backstory mm-hmm. regarding her, why she's an orphan, and what happened to her parents, and she also deals with, an important thing is she deals with a bad alcohol addiction that she gets from her foster mom at a very young age, and it's just very, like, sad to watch but it's also um very interesting and yeah yeah what were you saying Aiden? uh you said something very interesting about the way the show is shot 
I am really surprised Ooh. it didn't get an award for best editing. And the way it is edited is just top-notch. The show flows fantastically. It's shot so well. Um, I always notice in the chess matches, like the chess, the, the chess playing is like music. When you put the chess pieces down, it almost flows like a song. I, yeah, it flows like a it song. Does. Yeah, it really is. The chess, the chess sequences are so fun to watch. Mm. Like if you haven't watched it, you probably think that we're crazy, but it's true because it's so intense. Like you, the thing that I love is that you don't need to know anything about chess. I don't really know much about chess before going into mm -hmm. this. I played it before, but I. Like, there's so many rules, but she makes it so, I don't know, the, the dialogue, the, the writing, the, the way it's shot, the acting, like, it, it's about, like, reading their faces mm -hmm. and reading their expressions on, and you can tell, like, what's happening. Yeah. It, the, the show almost makes chess look like poetry. It really does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of my favorite was when, you know, when she's in the orphanage, this isn't a spoiler, but when she's in the orphanage and she's learning about chess for the first time, and there's this beautiful visual effects scene where uh, she looks up and then she sees like the chessboard in the sky, like in her imagination. Like you have to watch it to see what we mean, but it's like an imagination of how she's moving these chess pieces in her mind. And it's so beautifully shot. And it's so like, it's just like, wow. Like, how do they make it? Like as a media student, I'm like, how do they make that? Yeah. You know? well, but the, the effect yeah. has a tragic story though, because she's take she has to That's take true. a specific. There's a like a drug that the that oh the yeah church, this orphanage yeah. gives these kids to make them to make them docile, and that she struggles yeah. with alcohol and this drug addiction to these pills. Because when she takes these pills, it's almost like it's like the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, with him taking oh, I heard this of drug that. Yeah. to make him smart. That's Beth Harmon a little bit. She takes mm -hmm. this this drug helps her focus. And, and she was a down. kid. And she's a kid. She was a kid. Yeah, there's a yeah, scene, and it's there's a scene. You know the scene where she gets into the supply of those pills. Yeah, there's a scene where she tries to like she takes extra measures to break into this break into like the pharmacy office mm -hmm. in the orphanage in order to get uh the drugs and it's just like really hard to watch mm -hmm. it's it's thrilling to watch too because it's like oh the show's very intense yeah yeah it's very and very it, intense and what sucks is that i think that was a real thing where they used to give like children in orphanages those drugs to make them docile mm -hmm. and to make them like woozy and it's just like wow yeah, yeah. it's uh historically accurate too mm -hmm. it's yeah it, yeah I, I honestly i it's i a show that I think is that I, I would consider top notch as a show that I can't poke holes in, and I can't poke a single hole in Queen's Gambit. I everything yeah, is just yeah. it is so tightly packed. It's just it's honestly I think Queen's Gambit might be one of those the most brilliant shows I have ever watched. All the acting is great. Yeah, the characters are just lovable. I I think Beth Harmon's just a wonderful character, but she's like an onion mm -hmm. man. She's got layers. Yeah, I love how all the characters have layers to them, and it's not like. Even though it's such a dramatic show, it's it doesn't it's so like subtle and it's so like uh, like I was scared the show was gonna be melodramatic, especially the scenes between her like her and her foster mom. I had expectations of where the show was going, like oh like they're gonna fight a lot, there's gonna be a lot of tension, but no like the, these two actresses like are so grounded in reality and they don't go in like extra melodramatic. Um, acting you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like they're so like grounded and they're so layered too like and you actually even though they're not perfect like beth Harmon's not a perfect character the mom isn't a perfect character but you understand them and you feel bad for them too yeah instead of just making them like i feel like they could have easily made the foster mom like a villain but they don't they make her very likable uh and she actually helps beth like be her manager and stuff like that and i just love that camaraderie between the two yeah 
yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. honestly, I think that's a very underrated part of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you there. Like the uh, the the relationship between Beth and her foster mom is a really dynamic one. And yeah, uh, yeah, there's a lot of scenes with the foster mom that you do feel bad for her. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, but the relationship between Beth and her foster mom is definitely one of the highlights. And you feel and also, bad for the. Oh, yeah. sorry, go. No, no, I was about to say. Uh, what I also love is speaking of characters. Uh, Beth meets a lot of other male chess players. Mm-hmm that what's what's what i love is that they're trying to help her like become a better player but then it it, it subverts that by like you know they're not actually helping her instead they're being taught by her mm-hmm. instead yeah. you know what i mean yeah no it's just kind of interesting. back <laughs> yeah. and forth she had back and forth yeah I, you know there's a few romantic relationships she has with like these two other chess yeah. players one is this world-renowned yeah. chess player that she beats and the other one is this kind of small-time yeah. chess player that she meets um but you're right, like, they try to teach Beth stuff about chess, but in the end, they're the ones who end up learning stuff. Because yeah. Beth is just, she's a chess prodigy, like, she's crazy mm-hmm. good She's at a chess prodigy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she's better than all of them. But I love how they, they have, like, this dynamic and this passion for chess, and, like, oh, I don't want to spoil it because it's the ending, but basically all these characters serve, all these men that she meets serve a purpose at the mm-hmm. end. That's just so beautiful to watch, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, it's like a full circle moment, and it's just, it's just great. It's a great it's full circle moment. Great way to put it. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I yeah. Honestly, it's a beautiful, beautiful show. Um, and honestly, I know Beth has layers. Everyone's an onion in the show. The show is a everyone's an onion. Big, yeah. It's a big onion. The you sh- taught me that about you the onion. Me, I'm going to yeah. use that from now on. The onion metaphor. I love that metaphor. <laughs> like. <laughs> Every the show is a freaking onion. Like it's layers on layers on layers of depth and story and character work and uh, just in editing and cinematography. It's a brilliant, brilliant show. I honestly, this might be these two shows. I'm gonna say it now might be the most binge watchable shows we've ever reviewed on this show. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh my god. But uh, one last thing about Queen's Gambit. Uh, I love how you mentioned that it's tightly paced, mm-hmm. which is very which is. Why I love, actually love, like, limited series like this and why more people should watch limited series mm-hmm. is because because they have such a limited amount of episodes, it's not like uh, a Grey's Anatomy. I haven't, I'm not throwing shade at Grey's Anatomy. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy, but it's not like those kind of shows where it, like, goes on for 15 yeah. seasons and the story just keeps going and going and going. They have a concise, almost like a movie, but, like, a lo- extended movie. Yeah. Uh, which, that's very controversial. You don't, I don't like calling TV shows, like, long movies. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> um... That's why it's so tightly paced, and so they don't, they don't, there's no filler, there's no time to waste. Like, it gets down to the character development and the story very, very fast, but concise. Yeah, you know? that's a great point. Like, yeah. that's the one thing I've really started to appreciate about limited series, is that they, yeah. they make, they make the director, they make the writing snappy, and they make it tightly mm-hmm. packed. Because you have to tell a story, and you only mm-hmm. got, like, five, six, seven, eight episodes to tell it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's, um... And I, that's the, the thing with Queen's Gambit. It's it's eight episodes long, and it's seven, there, seven, seven. episodes. There is yeah. no filler in Queen's Gambit. It's it's no yeah, filler. It's, yeah. it's a tightly packed bouquet of it's a be- sorry it's a beautiful bouquet of mm-hmm. of uh, of television work. And I think, in my opinion, yeah. it is right now one of the most binge watchable shows. I'm absolutely saying this yeah. show has been binge watchable. Go watch Queen's Gambit. Well, everyone. If you haven't already, because 63 million people yeah. already have, and it got it's so popular. I don't know if we mentioned this, but chessboard sales actually <laughs> rose. <laughs> oh my god! After the show premiered or became a big hit, like 
that's how that's its impact right there. I think they skyrocketed know? by like several hundred percent in sales. Like eight hundred percent, you said. I think like, it's something I like that. Yeah, about. it's something crazy. Yeah. But I guarantee you, look, I said this to DQ, I guarantee yeah. you, half those, a bunch of those people are never going to use that chess board. It's going to, they're going to throw it into their <laughs> supply closet and then completely forget they ever bought it. They're, they're going to realize that they're not Beth Harbin. They're going to be like, oh shoot, what did I do? No, they're not going to They're going to be like, what, like lying awake at night, looking up like, oh, that's how Look at the <gasps> Oh my God, where's my inspiration? I need to take tranquilizers. Don't take tranquilizers, kids. Yeah, don't take drugs, kids. You're not going to be Beth Harmon. Don't. Don't take drugs, kids, <laughs> to be like Beth Harmon. Imagine if <laughs> that was school, an issue. don't do drugs. Imagine if there was like a news story. Oh, tranquilizer sales rise seven hundred percent after Queen's Gambit came out. Oh, oh my God, stop! Stop! It's like a Pokemon Go situation. People dying because of. Oh, that, I shouldn't joke about that. That's actually. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. DQ is this show binge watchable? This show is one hundred percent binge watchable. It. Uh, if you watch our previous episodes, uh, I think it was our best. TV shows of 20, it was on both of our lists. It Best was, Queen's Gambit was, absolutely. So, so you kind of already know, what What do you think, Aiden? Is the show binge watchable? I'm a, I don't think it is binge watchable. No, oh, you I don't? think it's very <gasps> binge watchable. Oh my God. <laughs> I was about to say. I have, there's very few shows I really fall in love with. I fell in love with Queen's mm -hmm. Gambit. Like, mwah, mm -hmm. beautiful show. Beautiful. I'm so glad that you took my record. This is why kids or whoever's listening to this, that's why you should always listen to me. Yeah, you should listen to <laughs> whenever DQ. I recommend DQ a show. Has <laughs> a very, very long saying of really good show recommendations. And the next show we're mm -hmm. gonna talk about is also a show he recommended me to watch. The next show we're going to talk about is a new British Amazon Prime show called It's a Sin. And It's a Sin follows uh, these three friends or this group of friends. Um, Majority of them gay from 1980, and they all intertwine together to form this friend group, um, trying to make it in London, and during the heights of AIDS, during the heights of the AIDS crisis, and it is one of the best. I think we gushed about Queen's Gambit. You might think that's our favorite show, but Aiden and I agree. Like, I, we actually think this show might be better than the Queen's it Gambit, and it be. might be one of our favorite shows of all time. I think yeah. it's on both of our top five lists, yeah, right? Is. Of like best shows of all time. Like it is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, It's a Sin is a show I didn't hear of until DQ recommended it to me. And yeah. I, I could not stop watching it, but it's Queen's Gambit is an inspiring show and It's a Sin is yeah. also inspiring, but It's a Sin might be one of the most depressing shows I have ever watched in my entire life. It is a roller coaster of emotions. It's got everything Stop, that Queen's I'm... Gambit has, but it is it is it is a tightly it might be the most tightly paced show I've ever seen. There's no goofing around, no filler. You are in the action. It's five episodes long. I, I finished it in two days. It was a short sitting, and I it I I just I just I don't cry that much at television, and I cried at the show. Oh. I, Me too. Yeah. I literally don't cry that much in television mm -hmm. shows, like never. But this show, I kid you not, every single episode almost had, like, I had tears in my eyes. Mm -hmm. Tears in my eyes. Yeah. This is coming from a cold-hearted bitch. Yeah. Like, it's just, not I don't agree with that statement because you're a great person. But oh, <laughs> thank you. Oh man, thank you. The, the, the character oh, you get destroyed to learn me. This group, you get to, you really get to know. In this five episode, you get to know this group of characters so so well. You think you've known them for like like ten seasons of a random yeah, show. Yeah, ten seasons, and the show is five, it's five episodes. episodes. That is 
what's so amazing about the show. Let me go more into detail about the sh of what the plot is. Go. So we follow uh, these three. There's three central characters. Uh, these three gay men. The first one is Richie, who drops his law degree uh, to pursue acting in London, mm -hmm. um, which is totally against what his conservative, especially his conservative father, wants from him. Because obviously, acting was is not a very you know, a risky sustainable career. Decision in life. Yes, yeah. very risky decision. But he moves to London um, to pursue that. And from there, he meets Jill Baxter. And I oh, I love Jill. I talk about Jill. Jill is sort of like... Um, there, there's this thing in the gay community where it's like every single or mo majority gay men have like their straight female best friend or just like a female best friend. And Jill is sort of like <laughs> that for Richie. And... Um, yeah, he she basically helps him come out of his shell because he's not as he knows he's gay, but he's not as open about it because he's been like suffocated in his like his previous home life, not being able to be open with who he is. But then when he goes to London, he's able to experience being like living out his gay life, living out his twenties, being authentically who he is. So he goes and he meets all these different men. They party in clubs. There's like these beautiful montage sequences where he is just getting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, uh, they run into Roscoe, who Roscoe is a Nigerian gay man who, unlike Richie, comes out, well, it's not really a spoiler, but he's open to his family uh, about being gay, but then uh, he decides to run away because that is not, especially Nigerian family in the 80s, that is not something that uh, goes over well. Uh, but he's like this high energy, beautiful fashionista. He loves wearing the. I look up to Roscoe because he's unapologetic, wearing the makeup, putting on the wigs, putting on the fashionable outfits. Um, those two characters are very, very extravagant. But the third character I want to talk about contrasts them, but they work so well together. The third one is Colin, and Colin is just a simple like you call them like average Joe. Don't cry, Aiden. Colin, cry. <laughs> you're gonna cry. Stop. No, no, we also don't want to spoil, but Colin is just like your average, like he's so, like, he's just like your everyday person, like he's so pure, he's so innocent, he doesn't, he's not like as high energy as like Roscoe or Richie, but he just enjoys the simple things in life, like working as like a tailor, like working at a tailor's shop or something, with uh, someone who, with his boss, who he also finds out is part of the gay community. Played by Neil Patrick Harris. Oh yeah, Neil Patrick yeah. Harris is in the show. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. Fun fact about uh, Neil Patrick Harris, I don't think you knew this. Um, when I was doing my research on the show, Neil Patrick Harris, the reason why they casted him is so that the show can uh, come to America, can be broadcast in America. Because originally it was only supposed to be in Britain, like be broadcasted in Britain. But, be, but in order for them to get licensing to be part, to be brought over to HBO Max in the States, and Crave TV in Canada, oh, not Crave TV, Amazon Prime in Canada, they had to hire an American actor, and that was Neil Patrick Harris. Huh. So, thank you, Neil, for joining yeah, the cast you, so Neil. that we could, so we can have this in our streaming services. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, yeah, the, when these three characters meet Aiden and they form like this community, it is one of the most beautiful ensemble casts I've ever seen in television. It is glorious. The thing I love about the show is that it is both so joyful well and so dark at the same time like you know what's gonna happen because it's set in the aids crisis and you know how dark this is gonna be but it's just like there are also scenes when they're just having fun and they just want to be happy and they're just living their life like you know 
uh, drinking, partying, having sex. Like, it's just... they're they're living their lives. Honestly, me and DQ were floored by the uh, show. It, it's a, I was it, I, it's a be- it's a it's a beautiful piece of art. It really is. That's how I would describe beautiful it. It's just every. Yeah. It's I, I won't lie to you when I will say it's a it's a very tragic show, but it highlights mm-hmm. the struggles of being gay mm-hmm. in in the AIDS epidemic, and it's it's heartbreaking because there are scenes mm-hmm. where you see the prejudice in society come to fruition, and it breaks your heart to learn that this is how people whose sexual preference were different. Oh of how they were treated and it will it will break your heart you'll love these characters and i agree with you this is probably one of the greatest ensemble casts i've ever seen in a show oh but my god man dq it's just it this like the, the, these characters and this show is an onion layers on mm-hmm. layers the best editing i have some of the best editing i've ever seen best cinematography there's a scene in the show where richie yes. breaks. we were talking about this where richie breaks the third the fourth wall and it's just but why does he break the fourth wall so the aids epidemic and i believe in the second episode is starting to come to, to london mm-hmm. to britain and richie discovers it and he doesn't believe it's real he's like no oh it's just a it's a there can't be a, a disease that that kills gay that kills gay men um that only kills, that only gay, kills gay men, gay right? men. yeah it's, it, a it's so like it's a flu yeah. it's created by the government and that's what the third wall mm-hmm. it, like and it breaks the third wall to tell the audience that and it's just, it's sad because it's really, I'm going to say dark foreshadowing. I wish we can show clips on here. Maybe if this episode goes on YouTube, maybe, maybe but, um, but, uh, it's just so beautifully shot. Like the way that he breaks the fourth wall and the dialogue, like the, like the guy that plays Richie. Oh my He's God. A like his acting actor. is amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs to become big after this show. Cause he's just brilliant mm-hmm. but yeah like the, the the way that the club scenes are lighted the lighting the choreography the way the camera moves like it's just it's just every aspect of, of filmmaking that is in the show is just brilliantly done mm-hmm. and yeah I, I love it so much I don't know I, oh, oh, oh sorry we, there's a lot a lot happens in five episodes which I'm astonished by because each episode yeah. is only like 45 minutes long yeah um, yeah but talk about brilliant pacing yeah, and like I think having so many layers despite being only five episodes for a five episode show it needs to be tightly paced and i think it does better than queen's gambit yeah, yeah. it even does yeah and queen's gambit had more episodes yeah. so it's just it's even a big it's a bigger accomplishment mm-hmm. and uh oh it's just so beautiful and i love that we're talking about this and we're bringing this to like the forefront because i feel like so many people will just overlook it or not know what it is because it's a british show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i completely yeah. agree with you yeah. i I didn't even, I saw ads for this show, but if you didn't tell me you to did? watch it, oh, I wow. probably never would have watched yeah. it. I, it makes me so exactly. sad to say it, that I think this show is going to be a sleeper hit. It's going to be a cult following. Sleeper hit. It's going to be a cult classic. Yeah, I don't definitely. Think a lot of people are going to learn, are going to know about this show. Yeah, which is so sad. So sad, uh, especially since the creator, I don't know if you know this, but the creator is actually a really big uh queer showrunner he's one of the biggest queer showrunners and he's like an advocate for like queer representation almost all his shows i look up to this guy because almost all his shows are gay like uh do you know the show queerest folk from the late 90s early 2000s oh, I'm pretty, no i'm sorry dq i don't think i heard no? that one that was that was a breakthrough show because that was one of the first shows to ever if not the first show to ever center around gay men like the first show hmm. to do that it was like if we wouldn't have it's a sin if queerest folk did not exist we would not have gay characters on TV if Queer as Folk did not exist. Mm. 
So, and well, this one you should know about. He was the showrunner for the for like five, six years of Doctor Who. Really? He, yeah, he was one of the original showrunners for Doctor Who. Son so, of a gun. Yeah, That's he's big. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. So this guy's a very influential showrunner. Very influential showrunner, uh, very influential in the queer community. I just, I wish, I wish. He's who I look up to, because I also want to make TV shows when I'm older. It's a- And this is a very inspiring show for me. It's a, and you know what, DQ? I completely agree with you. It's an inspiring show. It it really mm. is people, it's people persevering through this very awful, this is just awful tragedy. There's a few scenes that I think we can talk about though, that really, really stand out to me. And one scene is where there's a protest and the police show up yes. and it's a heart heartbreaking scene and i honestly i can't even it's just yeah it's police brutality against these peaceful protesters yeah. in london the people on the street are telling them to get off the streets they're not even listening to what they're saying and it yeah, yeah and they're calling them really bad names like homophobia was rampant back in the 80s like in fact it i think pushed back gay rights mm -hmm. because of aids and because there's so much the thing is aids there's so much fear whereas like the difference between AIDS and like, for example, the coronavirus, which we're still living in, is that coronavirus, like we all knew that it can affect anybody. We all knew it can affect anybody. AIDS and HIV, uh, people just presumed that because majority gay people got it and being gay was taboo back then, people thought that it only affected them and it was presumed that because it only affected them that it's not that dangerous and that there's so much fear and stigma about it and that People think because there's so much homophobia, uh, people said that they deserved it, that gay people deserve this disease. And it's just so sad, sad to witness because anybody can get HIV, I think. Anyone. Yeah, anyone any, can anybody get can get H HIV. Mm -hmm. The reason why it affected, I guess, gay people is that I don't know how the science behind it, but also like gay men were not taught like people don't teach about gay sex. That's a whole other. I know that's a whole big other discussion about sex education. Uh, in schools, but like people are not taught this stuff. People are not taught to have safe sex. People are not taught to get tested until like a big pandemic happens. Mm -hmm. And there's so much fear and stigma. Like there, there's a lot of scenes in the show, Aiden, that I don't know, reminded you, reminded me of like what we're living in now. Like when they, they're like, should I, should we wear, there's so much paranoia. Like there's characters where they're like, should we wear gloves? Yeah, should we wear masks? Like, how do I? I touched something that someone with AIDS touched. Like, should I like wash my hands? What do I need? Do I need to get tested? Yeah. Like, it's just, it evokes that same paranoia that we're living yeah, in. Absolutely, uh, I completely now. agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's so great that the show's coming mm -hmm. out now, yeah, and it's a perfect time to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I think is scary, especially back then, is like with coronavirus, medical science has advanced like thirty years. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's. But true. back then, people did not know a lot about what AIDS was. And so there was yeah. so much stigma. And you make a great point about 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 safe sex. They, in the show, they weren't having safe sex. In fact, there was a scene that highlights this. Yeah. With Richie, he's having sex with this guy, this other actor he met, and he's putting he's putting on a condom, and I guess he gets turned off. And, he's, and then he says, oh, I'm clean, yeah. I'm clean, I, it's fine. There it is right there. They, and they yeah, did it without protection. Like, if they put oh. that condom on, Richie might, Richie, um, it probably could have avoided uh, potential consequences. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's just, it's so, and you know what's gonna happen, like, you know, like, if you know at least a little bit of the history of AIDS, like I did, and I think you did, like, you knew some aspects, and you knew about sex ed and the, the effects of, like, not wearing a condom. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so, like, 
you're just like, no, and what hurts the most is you care about these characters so much because they're like onions. I love that metaphor. They're like onions. There's so many layers to them. Like, and they're so oh, likable. I, you're like, yeah, it's like so you've known likeable. them for so long and then Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. it just stuff starts happening. It starts unraveling. Because they work like real friend groups. Like the way, like they f they flow so naturally together. Like the way that they interact. Um, they have like certain languages where they or certain phrases that is that's like inside jokes that only they know. La. Yeah. See, they <laughs> have inside jokes. Yeah, absolutely. They have inside jokes. Yeah, you'll know what I mean when I when I when I say la. I know what you mean. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know what oh, you mean. It's, it um, hurts my heart. Just, it hurts my heart. And you make a great point. The cast has so much chemistry with each other. They just they gel so well, and that's what makes them so likable. They have these little dinner scenes where they're just eating and talking mm -hmm. and making jokes, and it just breaks your heart because you know like stuff is gonna happen. And they talk about oh how like. And I talk about what what's going on, how it's gonna stay in America, but it doesn't. But I also I also don't want to turn people off by saying that it's all depressing because it's actually not. It's a lot, lots there's of inspiring so many, moments. Yeah, there's a lot of inspiring moments. There's a lot of fun. Like there's actually a sense of humor. Brit British people are so funny. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, if you didn't know, British people are so funny, and there's so much life to it. Like when the when. Like, you know, like, before the AIDS stuff, like, starts happening, like, you just see these characters have fun. Like, don't you, like, and, 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 but even that makes me sad because as a person who, as a gay person who's lived, who's, like, coming of age and who's stuck at home because there's a global pandemic happening and I can't go and see my friends and I can't, like, go to the bar and, and you know, meet, meet someone, meet people and, like, maybe more than that, like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just, uh, it sucks. Uh, it's it's the worst. It sucks. It's su but yeah. like the show shows that shows what we're missing too in this time. Like it shows like it sh it it teaches you to never uh, take life for granted and to just have fun with it and to not take it so seriously because you know what's the, you never know say what's that, gonna happen. Can you say that again? Don't take stuff. For don't granted? take don't take stuff for granted. Don't take life for granted. Don't take life for granted. That is the That's overall message of great point. Um, this whole episode i loved it yeah. so much yeah yeah it's it's i'm gonna repeat this again like it's a beautiful beautiful piece of art mm. and you look at it and yeah. i'm gonna i'm honestly gonna cry again Thank i'm gonna stop you're gonna make me cry <laughs> okay. most emotional. i'm staying tough i'm this staying is, tough this is this but... is our most emotional episode like, it is jesus like i'm destroyed there's one more scene yeah there's one more scene i want to talk about like as a gay person like there's a scene in this that just like destroyed me for my friends if you're like one of my close friends you you know what i'm gonna be talking about um i used to have this big big crush on this guy <laughs> i don't know if i'm exposing myself on binge watchers <laughs> um he was my coworker, and uh during like when when covid was like not as bad um i had a crush on this guy for like almost a whole year and i wanted to confess to him and back in the summer uh, we went out to see a movie and then we like after the movie we you know went to like the Spaceball Diamond like bleachers it was a very like it's a really intimate setting because we're in the park it's like summer um, we both looked really good <laughs> and we just stayed there and talked for like until like nighttime and we just like and then I confessed to him and I told him how I felt and it was very like an intense moment and I knew that he was like not gonna be into me because you know he's straight <laughs> and a, and a, similar very... thing, a similar thing happens yeah. like that in the show 
Yeah, a similar thing happens. I won't say the character because this is deep into the series, but there's a scene where uh, one of the characters, they know that they have a limited amount of time left and they go and tell one of their, also tell one of their former crushes uh, that they, they're in love with them. And it's, whereas mine was like in like the bleachers in a park, theirs was in a beach in this very intimate setting and it's such a heart-wrenching scene and like not to say I, I, I don't have AIDS I, I'm not gonna die <laughs> but like I knew that after I confessed that I was never gonna talk to this person again and it really hurt me seeing this character do that this character that I love do the same similar thing that I did like I don't know if you un you don't I don't think you understand how how much I felt seen in that moment. How much I felt seen. This is why I love television so much. Name I a DQ. So seen. Stop, stop. You're making... <laughs> oh, like, I don't think you understand what it's like to live your whole life and just like... Oh my God, like, I'm sorry. You gotta give me a second here. Ah, I don't stop. have tissues. I wish I can give you tissues right now. I have tissues right here. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, I can't give it through the screen, Aiden, but... Like, you can mail I, it you know, over to me. I'll mail it over to you, <laughs> my love, because, uh, like, I rarely see, see like myself on screen because a lot of TV shows that I used to watch or like in the industry to this day are predominantly straight, white, like, um, and not telling important under uh, important stories that are like personal to me. Like when a show hits you, it hits you, and it hit me super, super hard. And this is why, this is why I'm in media production. This is why I want to make TV shows when I'm older, and this is why I want to make a show like this, similar to this, that just brings underrepresented voices to the forefront. And because I, I want other queer people, other Filipinos, uh, to feel the same way that this show made me feel. And oh god. <laughs> It's DQ. You make you make an amazing point here, and I think the show really shows us how important representation is oh, in television yes. and in media yeah. in general. I mean, it can have such profound impacts, and it's it's just important. Like that's life. Life is diverse. Life is diverse, and I, it's not <laughs> yeah. ref, I like what we talked about with the Golden Globes. It's not it's being not reflected. reflected sometimes. It's not reflected sometimes. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, and you make <sighs> brilliant points. It's just. Yeah. I, I I I just I don't I don't have to, I don't have too much else to say. It's just yeah. It's one of the most beautiful pieces of art I've ever. And witnessed. on on a last note, like I love that we're both talking about this like uh, from different perspectives because I'm a queer person of color. And Aiden I am just a um, I'm a pasty white guy. I'm a pasty straight, straight white guy. Yeah. yeah but it's, I, it's, you, but I, it still affects you. That's what I love about the show. Is it still affects you. Yeah. Yeah. DQ. It's. I think you, it doesn't even. I don't think it matters who you are when you're watching yeah, the show. Yeah, You'll be affected yeah. profoundly by it. It's like it just as a just as a person, like to mm -hmm. learn that people were treated that way. It just mm -hmm. it, it makes it's something that just makes you sick to your stomach to learn that someone could have thought that way. And I, I get it. That was thirty years ago, and and people didn't know. But such prejudice just it just mm -hmm. it makes you sick sometimes because they're people. Mm -hmm. They're people, and it doesn't matter. They're people. people. Mm -hmm. Like as long as and, you find love, it's it's love, and, and just, it's just when you're watching I, the show, it's yeah. It's I want to I want to drive home the point: don't take life for granted. Because mm -hmm. if uh, I see a lot of myself in the character of Richie, who's the main character, 
um, I think a lot of queer people is. Like, he's literally me. He's literally me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Aiden texted me and uh, saying, oh, I love the show. And I was like, isn't Richie me? And he was like, I was about to say, Richie reminds me yeah, a lot about you. He does. <laughs> I was, when I first saw the episode and you first see Richie, I'm like, oh my God, that's DQ. That's DQ. That's British he DQ. Is, yeah, literally, he's bubbly. He's energetic. He's, he's lively. Skinny, he's lively. He's skinny. He's a bottom. <laughs> he's a bottom. <laughs> you know, it's, he, um... He's you know, sexual. He's very sexual. Yeah, he just honestly, he's dirty. I, you see so. I honestly, he's I an see artist. So much. Like, yeah, I yeah, see so much of Richie in you. Yeah, it's it's That's crazy. I, I, I was first watching that show. And I'm like, I see Richie. I'm like, I'm like, and I like, oh my god, DQ. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, and the other characters literally remind me of my friends. Like Richie's female best friend is Jill. I have a lot of, you guys know who you are. The female, my mm -hmm. female besties that are watching this, Geneva. It's literally Geneva. <laughs> if we were in the AIDS crisis together. <laughs> Roscoe is the best. I'm gonna say this Roscoe's right now, Roscoe's my favorite character. Roscoe he's is the awesome. best. Yeah, Roscoe, I also like Roscoe. Like he's very in touch with his femininity. That's another thing I relate to. And, I and relate he's to, very confident. He yeah. knows who he is. And I relate to Collins just like pureness, you know? I relate to that. Yeah, Collins Enjoying the is simple awesome. things in life. Yeah. Enjoying the thing that's simple things in life. He has, yeah. he, like, Collins never has big jobs in the in the show. He's got very simple jobs. And yeah. And I think that's yeah. what makes him, it's what makes yeah. him, it's what makes him uh, <laughs> so likable. It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But that is all that we have for today. I think we have to cut it now because I'm going to get emotional. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to get pretty yeah, emotional yeah, too. Yeah. This is also yeah, our season, yeah. this is our season finale. And I just want to say how... How thankful I am to be doing this podcast with one of my one of my best friends. Teacher. One of my best friends. Oh, yeah. what a great it's, season um, finale! What it's a great, a great season, season finale. finale. It's um, and what a great show to end off on. I, I don't yeah. think I've ever watched such a profound show like it's a set, mm -hmm. and it, it makes you think. It, it 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 impacts you on such a deep level, and I'm I'm just I'm just DQ. I'm so thankful that yeah. I get an opportunity to do this. Yeah. With you, Seriously, yeah. and All I'm right. really excited. We're gonna try and go for a season three. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to doing this again. And I, I want to thank you listeners for, for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoy. And uh, we really encourage you to go watch these shows. And I think on that note, I have to say, It's a Sin, one, I think is the best show we have ever reviewed so far. Yes. Watchers. Yeah. And it is, might, it might be also the most binge watchable. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree. But oh, thank you all for listening to our over a hundred listeners or listens yeah. that we got over this past year. Oh my God. It's been a roller yeah. coaster, buddy. Thank you all so much for listening and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And we'll see you next season.